0: Hey, have you applied to speak at Voice Summit yet? Applications are open until March 31st. So if you have something to say about voice, go to voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak to be considered. Go ahead. What are you waiting for? Apply now. Inside Voice was recently interviewing live in person at a voice tech event called Project Voice in Tennessee. On this episode, you'll hear Sanjeev Sarati and John Iwas talk about marketing and branding in a voice-first world. Katie Baungar discusses discovering voice experiences through social media. Brandon Kaplan talks about using a variety of marketing tactics and data to keep users coming back to your skills. And lastly, Stuart Crane talks about lead capturing with voice. All right. Hello, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is Kerry Roberts, your co-host today. We are live at Project Voice. And I have with me today Sanjeev and John of Whetstone Technologies. Welcome, gentlemen.
1: Hey, how are you
2: doing? Thanks for having us.
0: Yes. So you guys did a talk earlier today about marketing and branding in a voice first world. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys were explaining in that workshop?
1: So in fact, I'm going to give it to John since he was the one that was on the panel.
0: I love it.
2: Right, so uh, there were a number of themes just discussed. Uh, that one of which, of course, was uh, discoverability. That's top of mind in for most brands, uh, agencies, marketers. Is how to how do you get to the the skill of the action in the first place? How do you make people aware of it? Um, discoverability on on those platforms is is still an area that's very much in flux and very much in development. Um, I know I'm, I know that there are teams in Amazon and, and Google and, and in Bixby that are working heavily in that space. Now that said, uh, there have been some creative solutions around uh, addressing that that were discussed in the panel, including. Uh, social media marketing doing social media pushes doing timed events for example the rain agency did an interesting release with um, the uh, Nike sneaker shoe drop uh, that tied in with the halftime show of uh, an NBA game uh, so you you had a very present call to action and you you know the television was informing the home users to use their Alexa uh, I mean you can't get much more direct than that Um
0: yeah, I mean, when you're talking about discoverability, because that is something that people struggle with, it's just like any other marketing, you have to push it out. How would you suggest people do that on social media?
1: Really, when you're, when you're doing on social media, for example, part of that is just, you know, letting somebody know, you can now talk to this brand. Alexa, open my brand, right? right? Or, uh, hey, Google, talk to my brand,
2: but moreover, you can target uh, certain user groups, right, on on Facebook. You can look for hashtags on Twitter. Uh, you can do more targeted marketing or to people that are interested in more information about the uh, surface area that your skill touches on. And I'll, I'll use the, the term, you know, voice application to be a little bit more broad because, you know, every, rightfully so, every, you know, business user, every brand would want to have as much reach as, as possible. So they they want to be on every platform as possible. So I think targeted uh, campaigns that focus on, let's say, for example, I'll just pull out um, uh, one case in points. Let's say you have uh, an agency for balloon rides, right? Then you would be targeting people that have been searching for balloon rides in a given area. Maybe you would, uh, you would target like Travelocity. Uh, as as a marketing platform so you want to think about you know the keywords the demographic that would be likely to use your skill likely to be looking for your skill
0: that makes sense i mean how important is it for you to also teach these people how to use the skill how to interact with that you're not only marketing that hey we have a skill but how do you kind of tell them what is the best way to use it
2: Right. So, uh, you want to be as intuitive as possible. So, you don't have to teach in the first place. So, keep the interaction uh, light, quick, and direct and deliver value quickly. Like, for example, uh, one of the uh, uh, features of our platform involves coupon delivery. So, uh, so. You would engage the user with a set of very quick yes-no pre-qualifying questions to ascertain whether they are interested in the coupon you're offering and whether they're the right target audience, but you don't want to overdo it with a litany of of Q&As. You want to keep it down to like two or three questions, then okay, yes Uh, It sounds like you're interested in this. Please provide your phone number and we'll send you a discount code. And, of course, you want to make that uh, discount worth it to that person to give up their phone number because, of course, that's another piece of personal data. So, uh, uh, of course, you have your privacy statements that say you're not going to resell to, you know, a third party uh, but. Uh, with the particular brand that that uh, phone is off, phone number is offered up to, that particular brand can still use it to do additional reminders. We always think in this space, we tend to think voice first and often forget that it's not necessarily has to be voice exclusive. So you can capture that initial data and then keep the conversation going on another platform. So you, you've got the phone number, you then have SMS capabilities.
0: Yeah, I like that you're saying it's not just voice first, it's voice exclusive, because a lot of people do think, oh, I should just be doing voice. But it's really about integrating with every single thing you're doing.
2: Right. You want to meet the customer where they want to be met. And so if they're coming to you with uh, on the voice platform, certainly that's where you meet them. And you can use the voice platform for doing what the voice is good at. Like we found, it's good at capturing numbers, spoken numbers. It's not very good at capturing uh, spoken letters. So even spelling uh, an email address, like the letter Z could be mistaken for B and often is. Mm. Uh, you know, my last name, for example, is spelled I-W-A-S-Z. It's pronounced E-W-A-S. What do you think the likelihood of my spoken last name will get transcribed correctly by the, the smart speaker? And I don't care which smart <laughs> speaker you're Zero, talking I'm you to. right? <laughs>
0: It's true. Now, the two of you, you both worked at Microsoft, Mm -hmm. right? How did the two of you meet and why did you decide to create this company together?
1: So we met in 2001 when I moved to Philly uh, and we worked at uh, Microsoft Consulting Services. So we've known each other for nearly 20 years. and then we had I think as we went from being coworkers to where we actually spent seven years making short films together. And then I was between jobs and then John had this idea about doing something with Alexa. And I had this sudden thing of going, you know, I could go look for a job, or you know, when I turn seventy, I don't want to be sitting on my deathbed going, What if I'd have tried? <laughs> And, and so you
0: tried, and yeah, now and here we're, we are.
1: We're, we're, uh, yeah, and here we are. And John, John came along for the ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what is each of your role? So, when you decided to work together, is one of you more the technical person? One's more the vision? More the marketing? How do yeah. you guys work together? So, as a team?
1: John, John is the CTO. Mm-hmm. So, he's in charge of the architecture, the platform. Where Where are we taking this? Um, I'm the shiny talker guy, (laughs) you know, and so I work, you know, I work on that. We also have, uh, we also have uh, Patty Curry. She's helping us with uh, marketing and strategic initiatives. We have a guy up in uh, Boston, Vic Santana, who's helping us with biz dev. So.
0: I love it. Yeah, Yeah, let's touch a little bit. So you guys know each other for a long time. You start this company, but you've been doing film work as well. Mm hmm. What kind of film work do you do? Where did that come into play? Does that have anything to do with the voice stuff you're doing as well, too?
1: Well, we a lot of the filmmaking we did was actually around horror, comedy, and stuff like. Because we we always found whenever we tried to write a serious script, we just started goofing off. And so <laughs> horror that, and
0: comedy, right? That so that
1: kind sense. of trend. But honestly, where I think the filmmaking came in with the uh, audio is. One of the things John and I, as we started to, we, we were self-taught and I taught myself how to do sound. John taught himself how to be a a director of photography. And as we started getting into the, into working with film, you know, part of, part of making a film is understanding how to tell a story and having a beginning, a middle and an end. And when you think of conversation, conversational design, it's the same thing. You need to have a beginning, a middle and an end and also, as you 're working with a film, one of the biggest components it 's actually more i th- i believe it 's about sixty to seventy percent of a film is the audio and so when you 're making an audio application there 's a lot of crossover i mean the audio engineering of you know how do you how do you get a person to feel like they 're part of this experience how do you communicate is it are you you know when you make your choices are you using the voice of the assistant. Are you choosing to use a human voice, you know, just using wave files? What kind of, a se- you know, maybe you're mixing some different audio in the background. So there's, there's quite a bit of crossover when you really get down to it.
0: Yeah, there is. And I, you know, one of the things I love about this voice tech space is it's pulling in so many creatives. Uh, my background's in dance originally, and I do writing. People are writers, they're filmmakers. Why do you think that there is such a big pull of the creative space into this piece of technology more than others?
2: I
1: think everyone wants to live Star Trek. (laughs) Because let's get real. This is what we're starting to see. This is this is Star Trek. You know, this is being able to turn around to the computer and say, "Turn the lights on. Turn the lights off. Phasers on stun." Right?
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) John. Yeah, I, I've actually used uh, if this then that to set up an experience on uh, uh, on our, my smart speaker, so that if I say you know red alert, it blinks my Philips Hue lights red, and the and the Star Trek uh, klaxons begin sounding off.
0: That I mean, yeah, I agree. That's it, it, it's an interesting. I never thought about it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, what um, advice do you have for brands that are considering voice technology and voice skills about where they should start, especially when it comes to their marketing component? Let's say they have a skill, they're utilizing it in some capacity. What should they be doing as a brand first?
2: Right. So, I think starting simple. Uh, Certainly. Start with a a very simple interaction that, you know, goes back to the earlier statement, you know, deliver value quickly to the end consumer. Don't involve them into a long-term conversation. Attention spans are fairly short. So, uh, and use that learning to then build on and augment uh, the skill. Use that to determine what customers are looking for, where are they engaging, where are they not engaging, where are they dropping off, you know, and it's an iterative process. So, it's not a one and done deployment. It's an ongoing, uh, it's, it's an ongoing process, and to build on that, uh, we had the experience of releasing a skill that was like a treasure Own adventure story, uh, that is like an audio drama meets a treasure hunt adventure self guided story. And we had some engagement with it. It was designed for children. It was written up in uh, in uh, PC Magazine as one of the you know top 100 you know skills for kids. Uh, but once the skill is finished, there's no incentive to return. Once the person's finished the game, there's no new content for them to explore. So something to consider and strongly so, is how do you then incentivize the person to return to the skill, to become a monthly active user? So it comes back to refreshing your content and making sure that content uh, is, is what the users, certainly what the users are looking for, make it fresh, make it new, and put that content creation into the hands of the brand managers. Because certainly they're going to be the ones that know their customers best.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Where can people learn more or connect with either of you if they'd like to learn more?
1: So you can find us at our website, Whetstone Technologies. That's Um And then we're on Twitter at Whetstone Tech. And we're also on Facebook. And we're also on LinkedIn. And you can find both John and I on LinkedIn as well.
0: I love it. Yes, for all things marketing and voice. Yes, contact them. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for being here. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks, we enjoyed it.
0: Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. We are still here at Project Voice, and I am here with the lovely Katie Bonegard. I'm so excited you're here. Me too. Yes. Thanks for having me, Carrie. We love having female voices on here. Yeah. So uh, you are really big on discovering voice experiences through social media. And marketing voice is always something people talk about and struggle with. So what is your perspective on this? How do you do it?
3: Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll back up and say uh, I come from a marketing background and that's what I studied uh, at Emerson College, which is also in the voice scene, which is very exciting to me uh, here presenting. Um, And I worked at My first job was actually at Disney Channel in marketing. Yes. And uh, so that was my first foray into like the field of like entertainment and really learning how to market to a specific audience. Um, So I spent, I was actually at Disney for five years between Disney Channel and ESPN and really getting that like well-rounded experience. Their portfolio is obviously massive um, and their marketing is like no other, obviously globally. Uh, So about five years ago, I shifted into uh, creative development for social platforms and uh, working with brands and influencers or creators on social media that have huge followings and kind of driving those experiences across platforms um, and putting brands front and center of like the conversation on social. Um, As we know today, like, the TikTok most recently or I just saw Pinterest surpass Snapchat and there's all these like all these different platforms that people are creating content on reach mass audiences and that's the area that I'm really interested in is putting brands into that conversation um, strategically and making it uh, finding emotional connections with audiences that resonate. Um, so that's where we I We are think, on the same page, yes. <laughs> girl. Very excited. <laughs> yes. yes. I think there's such a huge opportunity, uh, um, as I'm sure a lot of people do here, uh, to put more... Of course, first party skills and the platforms that voice assistants are on um, in front of these audiences, but also uh, third party skills, obviously. Uh, so yeah, I'm super interested to learn more and hear everyone here talking about it and and find uh, the way in for people to discover more skills through cross-platform strategy. Yeah.
0: And so can you give us some, either some tips or things that you've done personally or with companies and how you've been able to kind of market some new voice skills or flash briefings within social?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, um, and I've heard a lot of people talking about this, like being a user myself mm-hmm. of different voice platforms is so essential because I'll surprise myself sometimes when I'm like, whoa, like... I didn't even have to think twice about, like, lifting my wrist and asking Siri for, like, remind me to XYZ. Um, so... I do have I have the Echo Show 5 on my desk and that's kind of like my go to throughout the day uh, for more so than like a Google search would be now. So that's been really interesting just from like a consumer standpoint myself. And I think it's such a big part of like the creative development process is looking at your own habits and what market you fit into. Um, So that's been super interesting. Uh, But back to your point. In regards to content development on social media, if I'm working with a brand or a client or a creator for that matter, it's it's looking really deeply at their analytics and what drives the most engagement, um, whether it's you know the most views they've gotten or the most comments that a post received and what really resonated with their audience and diving into that niche and understanding the science behind why that resonated with people and then how to uh, recreate that with other formats um, or other platforms to either reach the same audience or expand it even further.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, yeah, looking at the data, where are people at? What are they doing? How do you adjust that? You were talking earlier about kind of creating emotional connections, which I am very much a fan of as well. How do you think somebody should do that when it comes to creating a voice go?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so, and I guess it makes sense that my career started at Disney because yes. speaking of emotional connections, uh, I grew up going to visit my family in Florida and going to Disney World with my family. So it's funny that I ended up working there. Um, that was like my lifelong dream. So uh, coming from that experience, I think it's getting to the root of what uh, you're brand or your message really is and knowing that inside and out and then why that will attract consumers and connect them to your brand or message um so I guess I could talk about chop chop which is the skill I made a little bit
0: which is adorable (laughs) so yes you made a skill called chop chop tell us about first off why you started it and kind of go through and how it pertains to what you're talking about now.
3: Yeah, so this was back in uh, early 2018, and Amazon did the Life Hacks Challenge. Uh, so that's initially how I caught wind of uh, even developing on this platform. Um, so I did have a, a, a developer partner that we teamed up. Um, shout out to John G. Uh, so uh, there, there's so many pieces that go into thinking about how to create a skill and developing it. So for this life hack challenge, uh, it's it's almost a little bit easier when you're put into a box to think outside of it. I know that's like cliche yeah, and well, there's say that. Yeah, some sort of like... Uh, direction. Yeah, a little bit of direction. Yeah. Use this, not that, go. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when it came to life hacks, you know... Um, being in the kitchen, you your hands are messy when you're cooking. You don't necessarily want to be having your iPad or your device or your computer for that matter over the sink. And and I've found myself in that position so many times. Um, and obviously, YouTube is a huge resource for looking up like how do I chop an onion to get this exact dice that my recipe calls for, or whatever it might be. So we really said, okay. Uh, the multimodal device, the echo spot at the time was what we were working with in the kitchen. And we said, it would be great if we could just say like, how do I chop up, uh, onion or what's the proper way to cut a mango or with these things that when your hands are messy, it's like, you just want that information real quick. So we, uh... We produced this skill, Chop Chop, uh, to teach you how to cut up different fruits and veggies. Um, And the really exciting part was doing the visual element, um, because both of us come from a content production background. Uh, So we made, uh, in the dining room, literally we set up a production, a small production studio and produced like, over 75 videos Um, and I'm actually chopping the fruits and veggies. Like between the two of us, we really made every piece of this skill. So we were fortunate to have the, um, wide range of skill sets needed to cover the ground, but you know, it was over 150 hours of work that went into this. So a lot of, uh, hard work and love went into it. Uh, but we're super happy with the product. I still love talking about it, obviously. Um, and I encourage people to use it at home, uh, and when they're cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, I
0: think it's really good. I I watched it. I mean, it's, it's very colorful, you know, the way that you've done it, the angle of it, it's done really well. Um, so going back to again for for solving a problem, creating an emotional connection, like what made you choose that specifically? Because it's very niche. It's saying, how do I chop these fruits and vegetables? In the best way possible with things you don't think about, like um, I think a dragon fruit on there. Oh, yeah, there is. Pomegranate, you know, you think about things yep. that you're like, wait, how, what is the right way so yep. they don't make a mess and it's easier to use? Yep. So can you talk a little about, you know, your strategy behind doing that and, and choosing that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We also have durian, which is a really obscure fruit. Uh, luckily, uh, we're in Los Angeles in Koreatown where there's a lot of like awesome Asian produce markets, so we were able to like tap into a wider foray of fruits and veggies. So there's definitely some surprises nestled in there. Um, so I guess to answer your question, though, uh, it really goes back to the user experience and, and seeing a need for it in my own life and saying, you know, in the kitchen, The heart of the household, arguably, where hopefully at the time we were thinking a lot of Alexa devices with screens would be placed. Uh, We just saw such a glaring need for this specific use case. Uh, And just going on YouTube or other platforms where these kind of like cooking or recipe videos live um, and how not conducive they are to maybe when you're in the moment cooking um so seeing the opportunity to extend it to this platform and curate it really uh specifically for people in the moment um And then also to your point, it does have a very like colorful kind of like DIY, but still um, shot very cleanly. Uh, So that was really important to us as well to bring some character to it. Um, And that was where one of the most fun parts of that, besides learning myself how to cut up all the fruits and veggies, uh, was writing all the scripts uh, for Uh, Alexa to actually be walking uh, users through how to do this, which is actually not as, it it was probably the most challenging piece of it because giving someone instructions uh, without the visual, uh, we also made it just for audio devices, so going back and making sure step by step you have everything you need just through the audio experience was super important to us as well.
0: Yeah, that's like I remember like in grade school when you had to do how to wrap a present and yes. really go through that whole process that fits really well. So yep. I hear you saying a lot, you know, when it comes to somebody dev- deciding how to do a voice scale, you're saying two things here. Number one, you're saying, look at the data that you're getting from other places, social media, whatever. Where What are people asking for? What are they liking when it comes to marketing or creating your skill? And then the second piece is you're saying, look at your own usage. You know, would you use that thing? Would it be helpful to you? And if it's not, then maybe that's not the right way to go about it.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I think I I heard someone say this yesterday. Like, um, I actually think it was Bradley talking about uh, the book that came out. And it's it's (laughs) this is a twofold answer, actually, because. The beauty of social media and search and voice is that you can ask anything and hopefully get the response you're looking for very quickly and seamlessly. Uh, The beauty of working with creators that already have a big audience is uh, going on YouTube, for example, and searching for how do I cut an avocado? You know, you're going to get like hundreds of videos of how to do that. So. Uh, making a skill to serve that niche and uh, teeing it kind of up all in one place, Uh, having those dynamic and modular assets uh, that you can just go into the skill and ask for any fruit or veggie, ideally, Um, as opposed to, you know, washing your hands, going to your computer, typing in Google, YouTube, then like, there's so many steps there, whereas mm-hmm. this makes it super straightforward and easy, hopefully, to yeah. just do it all. Just much more part. efficient. It I don't definitely. know if that
0: answers your question, though. Yeah, I think, well, on a side note, it's just funny to think like how we're like, oh, typing on my computer takes so long. <laughs> I know. <laughs> think of where we've come from. But now, yeah, it is saving more time. It's easier. It keeps your hands free. Yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to add? Because you are more in that content space You've worked with Disney, worked with a lot of brands that you would like to add that would maybe help the voice community.
3: Yeah, I think. um, So to go back to your question, because I remember the other thing I wanted to say, actually, was, you know, in experiences with content, whether it's visual or audio or whatever it might be, you you want to help build an emotional connection. But really, people are seeking content that. And this is in the industry-wide kind of ethos. It's to inform, to educate, to inspire. Uh, So I think having that core foundation of knowing what you're trying to get across, whether it's to make someone laugh, to make someone cry, uh, to teach them how to do something or to use your platform to do that, um, that is the bottom line, what I think is most important for a brand to be thinking about and know inside and out what they're trying to do and then how to reach that audience best to get the message across?
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more, Miss Katie. I love it. Where can people learn more about what we talked about or connect with you? Yeah, uh,
3: I love LinkedIn right now me for too. connections. So definitely find me on there. It's Katie with a Y uh, Boundguard. Um, I am across all platforms and with just my name, so that's probably the best way to find me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being here. Thank you, Carrie. All right. We
0: are back with Inside Voice. And I have with me today at Project Voice, Brandon Kaplan from Skilled Creative. Welcome back, Brandon.
4: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: So you did uh, a talk here the other day. Can you tell us what it was about?
4: It was a panel discussion. It was uh, myself and a gentleman from Rain and Samsung and Whitestone. And we were talking about uh, branding and marketing in the voice space, the, the ever elusive marketing of how do you make something successful, right?
0: Yes, yeah. which is one of my favorite topics. So tell yes. us, what have you learned in <clears throat> marketing voice, especially in the last couple of years with your company?
4: Yeah, I think the, the the panel was really good. Bradley asked the question of kind of what are the, the best examples you've seen? And then what are the things that people don't think about or ask about? For us, you know, we're fortunate because we work with really great clients. Pepsi and, you know, Meredith Corporation and Wall Street Journal. And these these brands, fortunately, have a community. They have owned properties. They have media budgets. So we're able on one part to leverage their media. Uh, we're able to leverage their brands to try and get Amazon and Google to support us from a co-marketing perspective. So we've seen some really great successes, obviously, by leveraging those known things. What I explained to everybody on the panel is that, you know, if I were a small uh, dev shop making my own skill going to market, trying to make something out of it, you know, it's still our responsibility to put a marketing plan behind it, segment paid media, go on social media, target people. And then more largely for us, I think some of it's the, the retargeting that is most successful. So like any kind of marketing, if you're selling any kind of good or wear or service, Retargeting is your highest conversion percentage. So can we bring our existing users back? If someone showed interest by landing on a web page or going to a social post, can we give them an offer of some kind? So a uh, long-winded way of saying traditional marketing, make good products, retarget, re-engage people, uh, and make sure that the experience from a retention perspective iterates and there's some you know, changing experience so people feel like there's an, a reason to come back.
0: And do you find that uh, most people, once they find the scale, that they are coming back? Or what's the difference between keeping someone using the scale versus not?
4: So I I think that's a a really good question. Um, We've learned a handful of kind of our own little tricks of how we drive retention. Some of those are kind of secret sauce uh, that we use for our clients. But, you know, a lot of it is contact permissions, grabbing people's phone numbers, re-engaging them. It's uh, using positive affirmations, game kind of theory, uh, unlocking elements to say, oh, I want to come back and I unlocked a new chapter or I unlocked another experience to incentivize return to create habit. Um, So those are some of the things that we've used is just, uh, can we grab data from you to re-engage you? And can we give you a really good reason to come back, whether it's good creative or something they've unlocked or an Easter egg?
0: And yeah. can you share with us any results that the clients that you've worked with have had in having their people use voice as part of their marketing plan as well?
4: Sure. Um, I don't know if I can speak to like specific mm-hmm. uh, client numbers, uh, but one thing that I was going to say is it differs by client. So one client may be saying, I want you to come here every single day because we're doing a long sales funnel. We want you to eventually subscribe to something. Another client might use voice literally as a lead gen mechanism. They only want you to go there once. All they wanted was your phone number, and now they've moved you over into their sales funnel. So I think a good example to kind of reference is uh, Meredith Corporation is one of our you know, better partners. We work with them on a lot of different projects. They're really invested in the voice space. And we uh, launched Entertainment Weekly for them, which is a weekly entertainment show on Alexa. Uh, and we are getting upwards of 60% conversion rate on email capture. People that are are coming into the experience. So for us, a staggering number, which was an analytic piece we didn't expect. So we've now turned that into a mechanism for them to go like more omni-channel. So they're they're taking those emails, it's going into their CRM, and they're using it to promote traffic to their other digital channels and to try and maybe drive subscriptions and things like that. So, you know, the skill... Will never at this point have as much traffic as their com, but the conversion percentage is so good that they're using it to drive traffic to their other properties, which is an exciting proposition. So that's just one kind of outlier, you know, example. Um, you know, other clients that have really good volume on an experience are using it to try and sell in skill purchasing, or maybe they're allowed to create some type of an advertising module, so they're using it to sell advertisements. So it really differs by client on on what the KPI is, the key performance indicator, Mm -hmm. and how do we design the experience to meet that that need?
0: Well, I think you're the first person that I've heard talk about, sometimes they're only using it one time. They're using it one time to capture lead. I don't think I've ever thought about that before. That doesn't have to be something they use constantly all the time. It's just kind of a... One way to get their information yeah. to in a to use uh, for something
4: else I mean, voice, makes sense. Voice is a piece of your sales funnel. Yeah. Now, is it is it great if we can promise everybody that your people are going to be here every day and they're going to have 47 visits every month and people are going to be uh, obsessing about your brand? Yeah, that's kind of that's a great theory. But in some instances, think about a form fill on a website. They really just need you to fill that form out once. They don't necessarily care if you go to that landing page ever again. Once they've got that form fill and they've emailed you and they've gotten you to click on another page and there's a tracking pixel, well, now you're being followed on social media. So we think about voice in the context of your sales funnel. And is it more of a top of funnel experience or is it more of a bottom of the funnel experience? Uh, and then that determines the use case and kind of how we approach people.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Is there a type of project within voice that you would love to do?
4: That's a, uh, a really... Good question. Uh, this is like a silly answer, but we're we're kind of working on the brands. Wall Street Journal is a partner of ours. You know, I as a kid hoping I would be a businessman one day. That's like the that's the the peak of the mountain for me. So the fact that we get to work with Wall Street Journal brings me so much like joy. Um, I think being able to work with like a premier sports team would be really cool. Uh, we don't have any. NFL teams or NBA teams. I think that would be a really cool project just because of how much energy there is around sports. Um, yeah.
0: I like it. Yeah. Where can people learn more or connect with you?
4: Uh, you can go to our website, skilledcreative.com. You can find out about us. And if you are a person in the voice world looking for a contract or a job, we're actually hiring. So please go to skilledcreative.com, click on careers. You can also find us on social channels at skilledcreative. Uh, and uh, reach out to us. We're obsessive about voice. We'd love to chat with you about anything you want to talk about.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Brandon.
4: Thank you very much.
0: All right. We are back with the Inside Voice podcast. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts, and I am here with Stuart Crane. Welcome, Stuart.
5: Oh, hello. Thanks, Carrie.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we had you on the show uh, a few months ago. Yeah.
5: A couple months I ago. Think. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yep. And you're here at Project Voice and you mm. also have a booth as right. part of the Expo. Correct. Yep. So since, for people that don't know, tell us what your company does and then tell us What's kind of changed in the last three months since we've spoken sure. to you?
5: Okay, excellent. So now our main product is called SurveyLine, Surveys by Voice, used by market research companies and companies that want to use other methodologies to get research information. So surveys are big. Everyone knows surveys are huge. So Surveys by Voice allows them to get data by using Alexa, Google Assistant, and these new voice assistants. So that's been great and it's going on. But here at the conference, here at Project Voice, we have a new product called Engage by Voice that allows anybody brand or any company to get on voice using our platform called engage by voice. And it just takes a few minutes to get your brand in there. And then we have a way for them to get onto Alexa and Google assistant.
0: And so have you seen I mean, because voice is growing so quickly in the last few months, we've talked, how has it changed for you? Or what have you noticed?
5: Yeah, so in the last few months, what we're looking at is the brands are really interested in getting their Getting onto voice and so they're relying on the agencies. So the agencies like, oh, we need a tool, we need something to get into voice without having to have a lot of friction and so forth. So we're targeting the agencies because they have the brands already. A lot of times the brands are just like, oh, our agency deals with that. You know, they do our social media, they do our website, they do our apps, they do so they can do the voice. So really we see the agencies as being that key, you know, player in getting the brands onto voice. Now you'll still have some brands that want to do it themselves. But a lot of times they're just so inundated with everything. You know how big social media is and all the Instagram. It's like they're just like, okay, they need they need that help. But they don't want a web development company. They want, you know, an agency that knows marketing and so forth. And voice allows you to do a lot of things. And so they are relying on the agency. So so we're looking towards them for the most part.
0: Yeah, and you were saying earlier you uh, chose not to speak at this event. You You have mm-hmm. the table and you wanted to enjoy it a little more. So you've been to some of the sessions. Right. What have been some of the ones that you've enjoyed or maybe some things that you've learned?
5: Yeah, I think one of the ones around the developers, the developers are getting a little, not confused, but they're like, what's going to happen? Because now we have Bixby in the mix. That's come in the last six months or so. Obviously, Alexa and Google Assistant um, have been in the mix, and Google is now here, because last year it was called the Alexa Conference. But now we have Alexa, Google Assistant, Bixby, um, so the developer sessions have been interesting because they're trying to figure out how can we get onto these platforms without, you know, a lot of effort. So those have been interesting.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, you know, Bixby is on the newer side. And I think the challenge for them, which they've been working really hard at, is to become a household name. A lot of people always think Google and Alexa um, and Bixby is kind of this other piece that's just right. starting to come in. So how do you kind of see that? fitting? Do you think that people will be using it just as much? Or what do you think maybe they need to do to get better adoption? Yeah.
5: Now, just to be frank, I'm pretty bearish on Samsung and Bixby. I don't think they have what it what it's going to take to get mass adoption. Now, they keep saying, oh, everyone has Samsung phones or a lot of people do. And then they have all these uh, appliances, you know, the washers and the dryers and the Samsung TVs. And that's true. But I don't, don't see a lot of people talking to those. And by, by saying, hey, Bixby to them, unless somehow it gets out there that that's just the way you do it but you know you don't hear that in the in the world at all you, you know you just don't hear that yet now it could change but everyone is like Alexa or Google or even Siri think about Siri it's huge now it's not here because they you can't create Siri apps but I think if Siri or Apple comes out with the ability to create apps, that's going to be way bigger than Bixby. And Bixby, I think, is always going to be a third-tier player. That's just my opinion. Well,
0: and what's interesting is you know Bixby is working with Viv Labs, which uh, mm-hmm. the owner Adam right. Shire, who created Siri, that's correct. Yep. Um, so you just never know. You that's never going know. Wild card. I kind know. Exciting. Yeah, it's
5: just my take on yeah. things. And uh, <laughs> you know, I did see Adam's talk this morning. He'd give the keynote today, and he was all about features, features, feature, features. But he really did. Didn't talk about the why and the bigger picture, and you know why it's important. And he's very focused on the features. And I think with Steve Jobs and Apple, they basically have become so successful because people want that branding, you know. And I don't think Samsung and Bixby has the have the branding yet. And Alexa has the branding though. You think about how many people have Alexas in their home. Yes, it's and massive. I know
0: from doing this show, I personally thought Alexa was like the number one player. But what I've learned from my interviews is that Alexa seems to be the number one player in the U.S. Correct. Um, Google Assistant is more global. Um, They want Alexa there. It's just not there yet. So it'll be, again, the marketing for Amazon has been so big. Yeah, Google Assistant has kind of been more global. So it's interesting to see where it's going to go.
5: I know. And that's what's so fun about coming to these conferences. And, you know, you go for whatever, six months, or you go to Voice Summit as well, which we love, and then you get together, and you get all this new information, and you're like, okay, so it needs to, you know, keep coming. And, uh, yeah, you can do so much with podcasts and websites, but to come to the conferences, that's been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. So um, what have you kind of heard from the clients that you've worked with as far as, you know, them getting getting on voice what are they kind mm-hmm. of gaining from it what are they wanting more of
5: right right so basically they want something simple they want to be able to get on but not have to do a lot of work but they want use cases they want something simple to use but the biggest thing they want is roi and all these yes. brands all the agencies they all say well what's the return on my investment if i'm going to spend this money and build all this thing what am i going to get back and it's a little tricky now because there's not like raw numbers to say you're going to get this exact dollar amount back or engagement or whatever but Obviously, the innovation is big, and that's important, and to be on these platforms, but they want more ROI. So that's why we want to get more of these uh, voice engagements out there and get some case studies and usage and say, look what they've done. This is what they've gotten back just by having that. So the use cases that we like are being able to send, like, texts by voice. It's like, well, how does that work? Well, you just say the brand to Alexa or Google Assistant, and then you get a text back. And that, because people have their phones and they're used to getting texts and tapping links and all that. So that's been a really big use case for us. So some of our clients are basically driving, you know, their website or app downloads or online review sites or anything, coupons through texting, but by voice. So that's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, you know, and that ROI thing always comes up. And, you know, I am a brander, a content marketer, a community builder. And I always say, you know, ROI comes after you've built the community. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm talking to some of the people here who have some of the top flash briefings. They've got 15,000 people listening a day.
5: Yeah, that's awesome. Right,
0: like a day, and then they're emailing them. Um, You have the same things happening with particular skills in very niche areas, and I think, you know, to me, a lot of the ROI is this, you have the attention, you have a community, and now you can do something. So it's not always a direct sale, you know, hey, I want to buy this product. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that's sometimes being missed. Uh, As a whole, it's similar to social media. You know, people are like, why did I have to do it? But you have to build the brand. You have to build the community. And now you have a platform Mm -hmm. to be able to... Market and sell.
5: Right, right. And one thing we're also finding is, um, traditionally, voice assistants have had the Alexa voice or the Google voice, and and it's that's it's easy to use that because it's just text to speech. You had your text in there and she talks it. But with these newer skills that are coming out, they really need to have what we call real voice, voice talent, and that you see you're going to see more and more of over the years, over the months, really soon, is these skills and actions, voice uh, engagements coming out that are now all of a sudden some really Great voice talent and it's somebody's actual voice speaking to them. And that makes a huge difference when somebody's in their kitchen and they're like saying launch Cracker Barrel or launch The Gap or whatever the brand is. And it's not Alexa talking. They don't want to hear Alexa talk to them. They want The Gap to talk to them or Progressive Insurance or whatever that brand happens to be. So I think that's very important and that that's going to really be kind of what everybody needs to be doing rather than, oh, here's Alexa's voice. Come along." I mean, she turns on my lights and she t- tells me the weather, but you don't want her to... be telling you about The Gap or Cracker Barrel or whatever your brand is.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think, you know, when I've uh, interacted with various skills, I can't tell the difference because it is the same voice of Alexa. Uh, That's the current one I have at home. And I think... that's a challenge you know and you want something different you want to evoke different emotions you want to create different connections so i agree i think the voiceover industry is going to blossom a lot more that will help um, and people will need it
5: and also the background music that production quality yep. All i the mean Sonic obviously you have a, stuff. yeah mm-hmm. that is in there whether it's a sound effect or it's little background music or it's just things that make it just wow this is engaging this yes. is really cool it's not just alexa going blah 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 and i think that's like it's critical it's going to have to happen or it's just going to be kind of like oh that's kind of cool but no big deal
0: yeah and i think you know i, I thinking of it now i'd relate it to would you want to watch the exact same tv show with all the same
5: actors <laughs> right you
0: yeah. know it'd be yeah. like yeah. Uh, you know would you want the, some people are just not good at playing certain characters and i think you really have to think about again how do i showcase my company my brand what we're about how do i connect to my audience what does my user want right um and it starts with that and and there's always that mix of you know you don't want to spend too much money.
5: Right, right. You want to spend a little bit cuz you yeah. want to make it
0: good cuz if it's terrible no one's going to yeah. use it. Yeah. So there is that yeah.
5: balance. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where, you know, you're kind of giving me the pitch time. It's like I can pitch engage by voice because we have the ability to record your own voice and sound effects and background right within our product. So they don't have to like get a developer and say, "Oh, we now we need this." It, you basically hook up a USB microphone to your computer and it prompts you to record your own voice right into the voice engagement. So, it's not going to cost a lot of money going forward yeah. with our and it's not just our platform there's other platforms that out there you could be able to do this with but that's what's coming because you don't want to have to spend months of development and all this kind of production quality it's just get in there make something really engaging for a low price and and time you want to do it quickly because you want to get that feedback and then improve it so um, these tools are coming out that'll allow brands and any company to create great voice engagements that sound great and are not that hard to do
0: yeah and that's great for entrepreneurs Smaller businesses, people starting out, people unsure, uh, and a great place to kind of you know walk before you run.
5: Right, exactly. And then use cases like, oh, I just want them to give me a Google review because everybody wants Google reviews because they get the five stars. Well, you can do that by voice now with with some of these products. Or you want to send a coupon. So there's use cases that need to get out there that say, oh, that makes sense. That's what I want to do because I don't know what to do. And we have templates for like about us because you have an about us on your website. Well, how about an about us on a voice where you're telling them about your product or service. You know, it could be a uh, consumer product like a a jelly or a jam. And on the label, it says, you know, want to know more about this jam? Say, you know, open Stonewall's Kitchen and it'll tell you about the the jelly. And the founder could be speaking. It's just, there's all kinds of potential.
0: Yeah, there definitely is. Where can people learn more about what you're doing and connect with
5: you? Well, really, we're pushing everybody to engage by voice because we want, you know, companies to engage by voice. So it's engagebyvoice.com, engagebyvoice.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much George, for being All right, here.
5: thanks Carrie. Appreciate it.
0: Guess what? I have a little gift for you. Today is our 100th episode of Inside Voice, the podcast created by Voice Summit and highlighting voice education and innovation from all of the voice community. To celebrate, we're offering a special offer for our podcast listeners. Get 25% off now of any ticket to Voice Summit by going to voicesummit.ai. Click on get tickets and at checkout, apply the code PODCAST100. That's podcast 100 podcast 100 Hurry to get your ticket now as this code only lasts until February 28th. See you there. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at, at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V dot com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you next week.